Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Get it going. How is everybody's week been doing? We are back again with some new stuff this week. Episode 39 of Cuckoo with Coco. Your hostess with the mostess is back, baby. Oh, that being said, what a crazy two weeks it's been. I have a lot to share with you. It might be more than an hour this time. Not sure. We'll see. Uh, just want to let you know that I want to say thank you to all those and let you know that I appreciate all of you who are listening and subscribing and reviewing it. And please make sure you do that. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's very, very important to the growth of the Coco community. And um, like I said, how's everyone's week been? You guys doing good? We're getting into some fall weather now as we are now in September and uh, loud-ass cars. And um, super excited to be back talking to you guys again. It was a heck of a week last week, and I wasn't really mentally prepared, and I didn't want to put something out without explaining what was going on, because I feel we have a personal relationship with each other now, so I feel I can share things with you. So these past two weeks, I'm very grateful for my numbers. It's growing. It's for sure growing. Uh I had 123 listens this past week, and I don't know who's doing it, but you guys are the greatest, and I'm very excited about that. That's amazing. Uh, Let's keep growing it, okay? That's all I have to say, because I don't want to say that it's been lower, because we all know how things grow in the beginning and how it's hard to build an empire on your own, and I'm working on it and working through the bugs, the kinks, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't, and I've noticed that... um, A lot of things have been working lately, apparently, and I just noticed today I have probably two listeners in Australia, like, how you doing down under? Um, That was really stupid. I'm sorry. I apologize. And this is why, you know, a lot of people hate Americans. (laughs) Uh, But I just wanted to say hello and uh, hello from uh, all the Aussies out there, the Kiwis and all of them. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking in. And now that I've gotten all my appreciation out there and you guys are feeling the love, let's get into it because I've been I've been back on my podcast wave, so I'm listening to a lot of my true crime shit again, you know, again, reminding myself of who I am as a person and appreciating all things murder related and not I did want to let you know that my gaming has gone up. I have bought myself a new keyboard and mouse, and it was very cheap. I'm not fancy like the Corsair people out there spending triple digits on a piece of machinery. I know I should invest more in myself, but I'm investing more in the podcast than I am in gaming because usually I used to stream a lot, and now I haven't lately, but I'm considering getting back into streaming, but I'm not sure how that's going to work with my schedule, so we'll see. But So my first update that I want to get into... No but. <laughs> it's mostly centered around some Bonnie and some murder and some reservation slash registrations of things because this is becoming a constant issue. And uh, just to let you know, constant issue. And this is why I'm bogged down with bullshit. I'm tired of it. So I have an appointment coming up on the 11th to get a tattoo. And of course, I always pass these ideas past Bonnie. And I really... At this point, I think I should stop doing that because it's very frustrating because her answers are nuts. (laughs) And let's let's get into that conversation. So 
I asked Bonnie if she would ever get a tattoo, and of course she said she would. So then, of course, I asked her if anyone in her family has tattoos, and she said her grandson and his wife has a tattoo. Or tattoos, plural, not sure. So my newest idea was getting a garter tattoo connecting the elements wrapped around my, like, obviously around my thigh, because that's where a garter would be. If anyone's ever attended a wedding and seen that awkward moment where the groom goes under the bride's dress and pulls the garter out, well, they're not pulling this one off me because it's attached to my skin. So... She told me, so after I got the information from Bonnie that she said she would, but she she told me that her husband didn't want her to get a tattoo, and that's why she's never had one, never gotten one, never, she's thought of the idea, but obviously wouldn't get one out of respect for her husband, so I get that. So I said, okay, cool. And of course, she has to throw this in there. She goes, <clears throat> she said that as soon as he dies, she's going to get a tattoo. So... I asked her, now I broached this question very carefully because, dude, what? (laughs) I hesitantly asked her if she was planning his death or if it was like any day now, fingers crossed. Like, what kind of answer is that? Who says stuff like that? Lucky for her, my sense of humor was available. (laughs) But I also want to know if she has a tattoo in mind and an artist on standby. Like, does she have like one of those, uh, what is it? Is it, what is it that reads the pulse? One of those machines that's like beep, beep, beep. Like, does she have it next to his bed and puts it on him in the middle of the night to see when's the opportune moment for me to get a tattoo? Or does she schedule an appointment every month of the year and then consistently cancels? Because that's a lot of deposits. (laughs) So it really makes me wonder what's like, what's up with her? Because she shows her age. Sometimes she shows her age. And like other times I have concerns about what actually goes on in her head. Like sometimes she'll read me headlines to shit that has nothing to do with me. So one day she asked me if I wanted to know how to stimulate my prostate. And I just sit there like, no, because, you know, I don't have one. So how's that for an answer? Like, stop reading me stuff like that. Do I want to know how to stimulate my prostate? I have to like pull down one of those like anatomy charts and be like looking around like does not have and go about my day. Like anyway, so I scheduled my appointment and that was that was the basis of my my first encounter with her over the two weeks. And I don't even remember how long ago this happened, but I'm thinking it's within the two week block. So, um, so another like facet of her showing her age, like besides the stupid shit she reads to me from the internet is her and machinery don't get along. It would seem like, so, you know, she's, she's semi-retired. So she only comes into work two days out of the week. And of course she finds some way to fuck shit up and then leave. So she's clearly of an older age. So the retirement age is 65, as far as I know. If it goes up, it goes up, whatever. So she's older than 65 because she's semi-retired. So one morning, I had to put up with her trying to send a fax. Um, I shit you not, it took like maybe 30 to 45 minutes. She asks me before sending the fax if she should use a cover sheet. So I ask her if she wants to use one. She then replies with, yes. So my answer is, then yes. Like, I'm trying to be very polite, but I'm I'm on the border of being like, hey, man, it's fucking 8.05. I just sat down, haven't had a drop of caffeine, and this is where we're going with this shit already? Okay, great. Like, that's where I'm at. So what kind of conversation am I having, like, first thing in the morning with someone who was on the ark with Noah and the animals? Like, she probably sat at the table for the last supper, and she wants to ask me about sending fax, faxes and using cover sheets. Dude. I honestly watch her struggle to do mundane tasks because it's more entertaining for me than the actual act of helping her, which I knew was going to frustrate me in the immediate future. So, of course, after she's been struggling and there's constant beeping coming from this copier because this copier clearly doesn't want her being fucked with either. Like, the copier is a female in this situation. So she (laughs) does not want to be fucked with by Bonnie. So... Of course, she calls me to the rescue, and I walk over to assist her after she got her cover sheet together and all that, and I look back at the screen, and wouldn't you know it, the phone number she was trying to fax to disappeared. So she asked me why that would happen, and I said, probably because you took too long to get your papers together, and it timed out. 
This is the shit I'm talking about at my job. Like, everybody wants to do shit and nobody knows how. Honestly, I'd rather her have asked me to fax it for her than have to go through the fucking theater piece that I just witnessed. It was three acts of trying to, of Bonnie trying to fax. It should be called Bonnie and the Electric Machine. That's what it should be called. I would love to have written it or, you know, exhume William Shakespeare, do some brujeria and bring him back to life and be like, hey, what do you think of this piece of shit fan fiction? Like, <laughs> what is going on? It's every time with her, too. That's the problem. Like, dude, just give me the shit. Just give it to me. But, like, you can't say that to her. I just watch and wait. And I'm like, hmm, okay, what is she going to do next? In, like, an Eeyore voice and just chill. (laughs) Oh, God. So, in any case, another thing I wanted to get to is, you know, people who drive, like, their personality. This one person who I've probably mentioned a bunch of times is the head of staffing. She's out on vacation this week, which could not be happier about because she's a piece of shit, kind of. So she, um, she's messy as fuck. She can't get her act together. And she was handed her job as most of them usually are that work where I work. Um, it happens a lot in many offices where it's more of who, you know, and politics, like personal politics, really. And nobody really knows shit. Like I just said, people want to do everything, but don't know how to do it. How hard is it to staff a facility? How hard is it to go through a phone book, go down each person's name with the phone number, call them and be like, hey, can you come in? 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 Like, can you come into work? It's not that hard. People say no, go to the next name, mark it off. But then you go and you bother my bosses, the assistant directors of nursing, who really shouldn't have anything to do with staffing, and you make them do it because you're leaving at three o'clock or whatever. Like, hey, man, if you knew the staffing was going to be an issue, don't call my bosses at 2 in the afternoon and like, hey, we don't know who's coming in for 3 to 11 shift. What fucking sense does that make? Eh? Eh? None. (laughs) So she's a messy fucking person. And yes, I threw a clap in there because I don't know how else to better describe her. She's fucking messy as shit. So one day, me and her apparently left at the same time. And I was behind her in the parking lot. Excuse me, I had to take a sip of water. So I left behind her. (laughs) And I was like, oh, good. This should be a good testament of what a person she is. Because I already hate her. She reminds me of the... um, the, I don't know if you remember from The Nightmare Before Christmas. You know, the guy that's pushing... Like, they're talking about making Christmas. And he's pushing the barrel full of, like, Christmas ornaments and shit. That's what she looks like. And her sidekick looks like... um, the troll boy from it. <laughs> anyway, she tries to like dye her hair dark as if she has enough of it for us to not notice she's balding. But whatever. I'm sorry. It's mean. But what the fuck ever. Okay. You don't come here for me to be nice. <laughs> and, you know, being nice gets you where. So, um, wow, that water's going to drip, huh? Uh, my water bottle is messing around with me. I think it's just like the, the flavor portion of it where I drink from it, from the mouthpiece and like a little water stays on like the tip. And it just, when I put the bottle down, the water drips down the side of it onto my, you know, my, I don't know what they call that, but the thing that you wrap around, like the koozie, whatever, the beer koozie, whatever, whatever, fuck it. So in any case, I was driving behind this piece of shit and (laughs) she drives like a messy individual like she is one of those people that when you're coming like there will be a stop sign and you're driving on the you have the right of way to go and she's one of those people that waits till the last minute to make the turn out of the stop sign and almost have you crash into them that's the kind of driver she is and she did it and I was like wow you're like this at work It was one of those moments where you're like, wow, so physically, besides being in work outside of work, you're a piece of shit. How does that work? Because at least I know that I'm funny enough to make piece of shitness work. Like I'm hysterical at work and then I come home from work and I'm also still hysterical. Like at least I'm consistently funny throughout my day. But this person is just a consistent piece of shit throughout the day. Like how can you drive like that? That's not safe. I'm pretty sure she was texting and she had the windows open. So I'm like, what must it smell like in that car? That's immediately where my mind goes. Don't know. Anyway, so I just, I was stunned. Like she drives like her personality and it was the best thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) 
Ah. Not the hell in that. Okay, so I threw something in my notes here that I don't understand, but like, who cares? <laughs> uh, just wanted, you know, oh, also this, this, this is important. So before, not really important, but kind of is. I'm getting more back into gaming as a hobby. Like, I know I mentioned it in the beginning of the episode how I'm starting to invest in my setup. Um, but I am trying to save money at the same time. So I'm not trying to do it the expensive way. <laughs> Fortunately, I know someone who can install a graphics card and all this stuff on standby for $0. So anyway, Dead by Daylight is on the rise again, okay? And it's only because my computer does not give me a hard time running it anymore. Super exciting. I have a cool-ass crew. <laughs> GM Turtle, GM underscore Turtle. If you're following me, you should follow him on Twitch. He puts out great content. He just made affiliate recently. And his sister, Nick Knox, N-I-K-K, N-O-K-K-S. She also is a good content creator. And if you're following me and him, you should follow her next on Twitch. Okay, GM underscore Turtle and Nick Knox, his sister. So this is the most epic of epic shits I'm ever going to tell you guys about. And no, it has nothing to do with an actual bowel movement or being in the bathroom. (laughs) So four of us were playing. It was GM Turtle, who I call Turt Russell the best. He's such a trooper. His sister, Nick Knox, and my sister. So it's four of us. Perfect. Because crossplay has now been initiated. My sister's playing on a PlayStation. Us three were PC gaming, okay? Ride or die. So it was the end of the match, and we were trying to exit through the gates, okay? So Turt and myself got out, or were on our way out, and Nick Knox had gotten, like, snatched up by the killer and was struggling to wiggle free. My sister is a fucking beast, okay? And this is why. My 13-year-old sister body blocked the fuck out of that killer and Nick Knox got free and they both fucking escaped. So all four of us, by the grace and glory of Jesus, got out. He has nothing to do with it, but skills. And someone upstairs was like, let's let's let them escape. Anyway, this girl is a beast. And she also plays by herself. And I'm like, how do you play Dead by Daylight by yourself? Because I hate playing it alone. Like, I hate playing certain games alone that are better for team. Because it just fucking, it doesn't work, okay? Because you might be better or worse than the other people. And there's no way that I can let you know about yourself, you know? So it's kind of like criticizing air. So (laughs) so that was the highlight. And also, I've graduated from a controller to mouse and keyboard for that game. And I don't know how I did it, but I just kept going with it. And my rank is beautiful. And it's going to suck because it resets in like 11 days. Anyway. (laughs) So my biggest infatuation lately. Well, I'm getting back into a lot of true crime shit because that's what women in our 30s are into now. (laughs) Well, I should say women in our 30s who also watch Lifetime and our teens. (laughs) Because that's where you graduate. You graduate from, you know, mommy, the babysitter is stalking us to this is how we killed the babysitter. Like, this is the vengeance that was taken upon this babysitter in this situation. So anyway, um, I started watching Trial by Media, which is on Netflix, which I wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago, but I kind of left it out of the podcast because I hadn't done enough research on it. One of the things that caught my attention was the murder of Scott Amador. And it was the first episode of The Sixth. And it was covered in the true crime podcast I listened to, True Crime Obsessed. Ow, I just bit my tongue. Each episode, it's a docuseries on Netflix. Each episode covers a different crime. The one I most recently watched was a murder that came from a secret crush confession on Jenny Jones. So Jenny Jones, this they show this as the hype, like the start of trash TV. Like when Maury Povich, Jerry Springer, and Ricky Lake were all still a thing slash relevant. I think the only person still standing out of all of that is Maury. Which, good for him, I guess. Whatever. Firstly, this episode goes back all the way to the 90s because the colors Homegirl was wearing were outrageous. Like the pantsuits or the skirt suits or whatever. Holding that mic super in her face with her note card in the other hand. Like almost as if they were surgically attached to each other. Um, (laughs) her hair is perfectly set with that stupid little thing in the front that every 90s mom had. (laughs) Every mom in the 90s who had shoulder length hair (laughs) and teased at the crown. All you got to do is Google Jenny Jones in the 90s and you'll see it. And shoulder pads were 
apparently still larger than life and making them look all broad and shit, as if women need broad shoulders in this day and age. I'm trying to get rid of mine. Apparently I inherited mine from my dad. Another story. She looked like... (laughs) She was wearing the skirt combo with, like, a belt wrapping around the blazer. So she looked like she was trying to achieve a... um, hourglass shape but you we all know she was straight six o'clock uh she looked like the cartoon fox like that goes into the club and whistles at the chick singing oh wolfie if you remember that shit i don't even know how i remember that like a lot of these things come into my head and i'm like where did this even come from anyway so she has a confessions part of an episode and there's these two guys scott amador and jonathan schmitz and this chick donna i think her name's donna who's like the friend I'm assuming like she Donna was there for moral support because the secret confession was from one guy to the other. She was also like she was like the friend more closely associated with Scott Amador. So the episode in question takes place on March 6, 1995. It was never aired because of the events that happened like three days later. As you can tell, um, oh my God, I can't play the audio because it's too much. But basically what happens is. Jenny Jones asks Scott Amador what his fantasies are with his crush, Jonathan Schmitz. And he basically says that he has a hammock and he'd like to tie him up in it and like whipped cream and whips and whatever, like S&M kind of stuff. So three days after, (laughs) three days after, my notes are so out of order here, so I'm going to try and do this the best that I can. Three days after Scott Amador and Schmitz flew home together to Detroit, from Chicago, following the episode's taping. Schmidt showed up at Amador's mobile home to inquire about whether a suggestive note left on his driveway was from Amador. When Amador admitted it, Schmidt went back to his car and returned to the door with a newly purchased 12-gauge shotgun. Schmidt Schmitz shot Amador twice in the chest and killed him. He immediately called 911 to turn himself in during the call. <laughs> During the call, Schmitz is asked why he shot Amador. So the 911 operator asks him, well, why did you do that? And he said, because he played a very fucking bad thing on me. He took me on Jenny Jones. First of all, if you see the video at all, if you watch this documentary at all, the video they play, his body language didn't suggest he felt any type of way of what was happening besides, oh my God, this is happening to me on TV. Not that, oh, I hate this motherfucker, get him away from me. Or, ew, he's fucking gay, no way. Like, there's nothing in his body language that would suggest that he hated anything about what was going on. So, um, so basically, you know, um, there was nothing, like I said, there was nothing to suggest that he was either a fan or not a fan of what was happening, but he did iterate that he is straight. He's a heterosexual male. So Schmitz was tried and convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 25 to 50 years, but was overturned and retried in 1999. So the focus of the episode I watched <clears throat> was on the second second trial that occurred in 1999 in which the Amador family sued the Jenny Jones show for wrongful death. So what basically happens is during this case, they claim that... um. There was no protection for any of these people that was on the show. And that basically, Jonathan Schmitz was given false information saying that the person who liked him was female. And you hear him say in an audio clip that I cannot play because it's too long. is basically that he, uh, <laughs> is that he says you lied to me. So I don't know who that's in reference to. But I don't know if he was told that it was a woman or a female or if he believed it was a female or whatever. He was not told that Scott Amador was going to do this on the air, Um, which I think is interesting because, you know, this type of shit. So here's my thing. okay? so Jenny Jones is trying to claim that they had no fault in the murder that occurred because of the interaction that happened on TV between these two men. So that is the claim that the Jenny Jones show is making. So they basically are suing Jenny Jones saying that, you know, they lied to this individual and they put pressure on him in a situation and it it spontaneously combusted into him killing this other guy. Excuse me. And that Jenny Jones is to blame for it. I feel that Jenny Jones show should have taken some responsibility for what they did 
only because the media has a very manipulative way of making things go in either direction. So um, they bring in this lawyer and he prosecutes um, very well. And what's what's interesting about it is, is that they went through this whole court proceeding against the Jenny Jones show. And I believe nothing ever happened with it. Like they prosecuted, uh, they were going to pay, and then it somehow got overturned again where they didn't pay anything to the family. So nobody won in that instance. And it's just really sad. Um, let me see if I have... Oh, God. I really wish I could play these clips and stuff, but I can't. Uh, let me see. What the heck? Okay, so I'm going to this here. Okay, sorry, I had to open the article because I don't want to do this injustice, okay? Um, okay, so the episode that he appeared on, Schmitz appeared on, was called Same-Sex Secret Crushes, which saw his 32-year-old friend Scott Amador confess to having a crush on him. So that's what happened. Amador then detailed his fantasies about Schmidt, who appeared to take it relatively well, but did say you lied to me, both to Amador and a female friend who was present, so Donna. Three days later... Schmitz fatally shoots him, like I said before. The, the tape show never aired, but was later shown in part in news pieces after the event. According to the Associated Press, Schmitz claimed he killed Amador due to, due to being embarrassed on national television. In the documentary series, to this something I didn't tell you before, it's revealed that Schmitz had a homophobic father, homophobic father, which likely contributed to his insecurity on the, on the issue. So basically, his father put it into his head that we can't have that. He's like, he's into you and you didn't do anything about it. Like, like putting the pressure on him, which initially let him into like shooting the guy, like killing him. And I think I remember, like I was very young, but I think I remember hearing about this later on in life. I don't know what class I was in, but I definitely know that I'd heard about this before I'd seen or heard anything about it in my current adult stage. So let's see. So George Jeffrey Figer was the was an attorney and I don't know if he was hired but let's see and eventually in 1999 Figer forced Jones herself to take the stand okay so he was the attorney who was prosecuting the Jenny Jones show and um he forced Jenny Jones herself to take the stand as Warner Brothers and the show were sued for negligence to prove that they didn't seek permission for Schmitz's humiliation and didn't look into his past mental health issues and substance abuse so there was no background check is basically what they're saying. There's no background check as to is this going to put him in a position to hurt himself or hurt others. They just call these people. They say, hey, listen, do you want to be on Jenny Jones and confess this? Yes. Who is it? How do we get them? Like, that's basically it. And it's just, you know, it's money hungry is what it is. And, you know, people should be punished for shit like that. Like I, again, like I've said before on this podcast before, if this thing takes off, it takes off. If it doesn't, it's not going to stop me from putting out stuff every week. Okay. I, I love talking to you guys. I love talking to you about the shit I see and hear and read. And this shit is one of the things that's just, it, 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 uh, it's very shocking to me that no one takes responsibility for things like that, especially when human life is, is in danger. Like, is this just going to continue to happen? Like, I mean, now they sign waivers and shit, but who knew what they were doing 20 years ago? The Amador family won 30 million from the show, but this decision was later overturned. Meanwhile, Schmitz was sentenced to 25 to 50 years in prison, but was released on parole in 2017 because of good behavior. So he didn't even serve his whole sentence. So it was just, it's, you know, he still lives in Michigan and he's been seen in public by Frank Amador Jr., who was the victim's brother. So he's out there. He's been seen. He's walking around living life, whatever. This poor guy died in for nothing, for nothing, because nobody got any money out of it. Uh, Jonathan Schmitz didn't get any of his life back. He lost 20 years of it, most likely. Well, no, not 20, but like 18 years he lost of his life. And nobody got anything out of it like it's 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 interesting to me and then jenny jones continued doing her show till like 2003 or something with no remorse and she's she made this stupid quote about how you know she doesn't really think she can trust the media anymore and it's like bitch you're the media okay you're the media with your trash shit on tv like she started what she wanted to do was springboard off of martha stewart in the beginning and when she feel realized that that wasn't working for her platform she decided she was going to take it the smutty media way which is fine but just you know don't act like you were trying to do it 
Don't act like you were righteous in doing what you did. Apologize for what you did. Have some remorse for the fact that someone who was on your show, or at least shut it down then. <laughs> There's plenty of other people out there who were doing the same shit as you. We didn't really need you around. Mm. God, we're so good. Um, So, like, it's just, it's really sad when something like that happens. And it happened so f- so long ago and the the brother frank wasn't really doing interviews anymore he decided to give an interview to actually tell the story but he'd gotten so sick of telling the story and reliving it that he did this i think as his last interview ever about it because it was it was going to be a netflix series and he i think he wanted he wanted his name his brother's name mentioned more than the actual killer's name because that's mostly what we remember out of these situations is more of the person who killed everybody remembers who jeffrey dahmer is but nobody remembers the name of the victims and it's it's as present today as it was back then and it will still continue to be an issue that we focus on more of the perpetrators than of the victims and i think you know we need to stop that shit because those people they should be stripped of their name once they fucking once they've decided to do murders <laughs> once they've decided to take another life you don't get a name anymore you get like fucko as your name or stupid idiot or whatever the nickname the new name you want to take on is okay so that's what you get now. You get bullshit little names. You don't get your birthright anymore because it's not your birthright anymore because you're supposed to just, you know, what is it? Respect thy neighbor or something. But you're always supposed to have an equal amount of, you know, equal amount of respect for the people around you. Not respect, but like, you know, don't kill someone. How about that? <laughs> respect or no respect. Don't kill anybody. That's like a basic rule. <laughs> Oh, God. So this is someone who I don't have a respect for. Now that we're going to go to the other side of the table on this one. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I want to title this. It's a memoir piece right now. Well, not a memoir. It's it's kind of an ode to the bitch and dietary, a work story. That's the title of it. My working title. It can be changed later on down the road. Don't know that I want to right now. Some of you are aware of this information, and most of you aren't. Also, we can be friends on social media, guys. My Instagram is open <laughs> for everybody now. It's QueenBB30 or 31. Either way, <laughs> it'll say Cuckoo with Coco underneath the picture, so either way, you're good. Um, registering for this mandatory has been hellish. And of course, I go to the highest power available to me. And of course, she makes this obvious statement that I put myself in the position to be annoyed. Absolutely right. So come join me as I explain to you my main annoyances, okay? So I have been dealing with the head of dietary every single time a mandatory is announced. She sends me a huge list of where she wants her employees, which of course sends me into a blind rage because she always has employees who either don't show up or need to be rescheduled. The point is, 25 emails later, and all her people are scheduled and locked in. This bitch, this bitch, <laughs> this bitch had the nerve to do this to me this week and then throw me under the bus. Due to above mentioned issues, such as her people no showing for the mandatory, to which I have put out multiple emails saying, Those who no-show for their mandatory will not be immediately rescheduled. Cannot state this enough to these people, and people continue to no-show and continue to think of rescheduling. And I'm not doing it, guys. I'm not. When she sent out her email of all her employees, originally, I said that I would like to review the information with my boss first. She sent an email full of emotional bullshit saying that she doesn't find it fair that her department should be punished because of people who weren't doing what they were supposed to. Oh, and she also went and sent an email to Arlene, my boss, claiming that I said I wouldn't schedule her department at all, which is nothing of what I said. I'm very professional at work. I'm not professional during my personal life because fuck you. That's why. (laughs) Arlene replied to the email stating that she... The head of dietary needs to set up better protocol for people who call out sick and needs to let me know as soon as possible because it's not fair to the other employees, which I have also said. So nothing of what my boss has said is outside of what I say normally. 
I'm very professional, guys. My emails are very detailed and very to the point. I don't have time for this anymore. Like, is it because your boss, like the boss boss, is telling you that this now lines up? Bitch. Like, (laughs) fantastic. Now I see you. So today she sent me another email. Well, this was last week. Another email, another two emails, I should say, stating that she needed to move people around because she had several call-outs. So I spoke with Arlene and said that when I reply to this email, I'm putting my foot down because I'm not going back and forth with her all day because that's what it turns into. It turns into me saying something and then her sending me three emails in a row saying something else. So fuck this bitch. Mm Mm-hmm. So I spoke with Arlene and said that when I reply to this email, I'm putting my foot down. Okay, so that's where I'm at in my notes. Sorry. My reply simply stated that all her people were rescheduled and that after today, everyone is locked down to their time because the day shift in service starts tomorrow. So this happened on Monday of this week. Now I know the timeline. So Monday of this week is when she starts sending me all these fucking emails again about how she needs to move people around. I also said, please let me know if people call out ASAP. Because I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Like, bitch, enough is enough, okay? Like, I can't wait until she has to sort this shit out on her own because it's going to be my own personal form of vengeance. Can't wait. Because I'm going to be sitting here laughing the whole time. So this is what has come out of this situation. This situation has led me to go to Arlene, to go to DC, and be like, listen, I'm not doing these phone calls or emails or registration After this mandatory, everybody is on their own. It's no offense to you, DC, but I'm not doing it anymore. I am done. I'm like, everybody in this facility is an asshole. They're a bunch of animals who can't follow fucking instructions. So I'm done. I'm like, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not stressing myself out. It's not good for my mental health because it makes me hate everything and everybody and the wind blowing a weird direction and all this other shit. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. So. That was what I said. And I said, this is no disrespect to you, but I'm not doing these. I was trying to do this in the most efficient way possible, but it's not working. So I I can't do it anymore. I'm not doing it anymore. I won't do it anymore. I'm going to put up, my name better not be on any of those posters either. I'm going to hang up attendance sheets outside the office of nursing admin and people can come and sign up for them on their own. And when there's nothing left, there's nothing left and that's it. That's it. I'm not. I'm not taking these stupid emails from this bitch anymore. I'm not taking these stupid phone calls. Will people call me and tell me to hold on? You fucking hold on. How about that? Call me and tell me to hold on. Fucking ridiculous shit. Moral of the story is, don't be trash bag human beings and expect me to keep getting steamrolled because I'm about to be the biggest bitch in history, okay? Thank you so much for coming. (laughs) That's it. Be fucking chill. Oh, and get this. (laughs) So we had another piece of, you know, janky equipment (laughs) besides the janky employees I work with. Our copier printer fax machine broke on Friday morning. This was the same day that Bonnie used the machine and replaced the paper in it. So this is now what I have to deal with. (laughs) We got no faxes for the COVID test done for the past week. We also had to keep going to admin to make our copies and stuff. Like I wasn't really trying to move that day. It was a Friday. It was a Friday. Didn't really want to do it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a first world problem, but if you have something that works, like just make it work, man. Why does, why does shit keep breaking in this day and age? We're in 2020. (laughs) Make shit that doesn't break. (laughs) So I, uh, (laughs) I blamed Bonnie all day for it because she changed the paper in the printer last And that's when the printer stopped working. (laughs) So I just rolled with it for a little bit. And I was like, see, that's what happens when you complain about having to replace the paper in the printer twice since you've been here, since I've been here. That paper's been fucking up or been having to get replaced by me, Arlene, Beth, Cheryl, all of us in here a bunch of times. And you complained about twice having to do it. (laughs) Whatever. So the update is... That the guy, the service guy came on Monday and fixed the copier, but like wanted to chat with me while he did it. And I'm sitting there like, I haven't, okay, so my hair is long enough where if I put an AirPod in, nobody's, nobody knows. 
So when my hair's down anyway, when it's up, I don't care. I just have it in anyway. So my hair was down. I put the AirPod in and I'm just chilling, listening to my murdery shit. Okay. That's basically what's happening is murder in my ear all day. So I, um, I'm like, dude, you, you got to read the room here. Like in my head though, I'm not saying it out loud. Cause I'm not, like I said, professional at work, professional Corinne. <laughs> um, Hey buddy, like read the room. Especially because I'm sitting here silently to myself trying to get paperwork done and field these stupid phone calls for this stupid mandatory that has now become my stupid responsibility. Like, dude, he, he, okay, so we have a box that stands next to the tray of the copy machine. And he goes, you know, you really shouldn't have this here because the tray won't reset and the paper won't go through the machine and recognize that as a tray that's readily available. I'm like, oh, oh, fuck my life. <laughs> Another conversation at 830 in the morning before I got to sip my coffee. Didn't want to do it. Did not want to be involved. So I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, <laughs> that's the answer he got that morning. Oh, oops. We'll move it. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, God, I hate people. So, like, I came to the conclusion that my resting bitch face isn't enough to get people to stop talking to me. That there has to be, like, an invisible sign above my head that says, yes, talk to me, please, for no reason, even though I'm extremely busy. Like, I wasn't sitting there watching him fix it because it was an internal problem, like, a gear broke. Like it snapped in half, which is why the paper wasn't sliding through the machine. Not the stupid fucking box he complained about, <laughs> which a boo. And he said, oh, don't worry. I have the piece of my car. I'll bring it right back. Okay, bro. Great. Can you come back and not talk to me? <laughs> Can you come back and just do the thing and fix the machine? <laughs> Like, there's no reason for a conversation to have culminated out of fixing a fucking printer, dude. And then, of course, fucking Lucky Arlene was in with Beth and Cheryl having a discussion with the door shut. I had to deal with this dick all on my own. <laughs> so, but it got fixed. The machine got fixed. Bonnie didn't do it. Something broke inside of it. And I had to tell Bonnie that on Monday. But I was, I was kind of mad that she got a win there. I was actually hoping that it was her fault. But also, uh, fucking, I told the, the head of IT about it, and she goes, well, it could also be that the paper is moist, like damp. Ugh, I hate moist. Damp from being, because they store the paper in the basement and it's been humid. So I'm like, okay, why the fuck would you store paper in a basement with this change in temperature? Why wouldn't you find someplace above ground? Basements are damp enough. They really don't, like, we really don't need to be putting paper down there. That's it. <sighs> like, that's really frustrating because <laughs> it's paper. We need it throughout the facility for all the printers so people can send and fax bullshit and make copies and all that. Oh, irritated. Oh, I saw that guy. That guy came back again today asking if we had a smaller printer, like a smaller machine in here too, and in my office. And I was like, no, but you might want to check the supervisor's office next door. Like, dude, <laughs> dude, go away from me now. <laughs> oh, my God. So that that kind of, you know, rounded out the, the semi-week because tomorrow is my Friday, Thursday, meaning the day I put the podcast out is my Friday because I'm going on a mini vacation. I'm going to Maryland for the weekend. going to do some sightseeing and stuff and check out. Um, maybe some of the historical points, who knows, but I'm staying in a tiny, tiny house from an Airbnb. It's going to be cool. Uh, it's going to be nice to get away from Middletown or New York in general. Uh, Maryland just got taken off the list of restricted states and the commissioner of my facility finally updated the list because I was like, I told Arlene, <clears throat> girl, I'll be back to work Wednesday because, uh, they took it off the list and he didn't update the list, but I'm letting you know that as of August 25th, Maryland's no longer a restricted state. So she goes, okay. Like, she just laughs at me because I'm just so serious about shit, but it's still so funny at the same time. So, um, oh, I had a good story for Friday, for last Friday. Uh, it was, it, it was, it was kind of stupid, but also pretty funny. So as I took my usual route home Friday, which was, I don't remember what day now, 28th, I think whatever, 28th or 29th, 
I took my usual route home, which is like back roads all the way. Uh, I stopped at a stop sign the way all New Yorkers do. It's a rolling stop, which is you stop, but then you also go. Like you don't stop and do like three Mississippis and then drive. You do a stop. You like look left and right and then go. Like <laughs> That's it. And uh, they tell you not to do this during your road test, road test because it's an automatic fail. Uh, when I had my road test, though, it was pretty interesting. I was 16, <laughs> and it was like 1,000 degrees outside, and 10 other people were lined up after me to do their road test also. So parallel parking was like the worst part of it for me, but uh, I think it was so hot out that the lady kind of like gave up after my second attempt, and she was like, close enough, let's drive back. <laughs> so, <laughs> but who's parallel parking? Let's be serious. We don't live in the city, and most places have parking lots. And just, you know, figure out how to fucking parallel park. Hey, yo. <laughs> so after I made it through the stop sign, a state trooper flashes his lights and I pull over because I'm a decent human being. I don't go, ooh, is that me he's trying to pull over? Like, <laughs> so I pulled over and the guy doesn't even ask, do you know why I pulled you over? He goes, you didn't come to a complete stop at the sign back there. License and registration, please. Like, it was one breath. License and registration, please. You didn't stop at the stop sign. Like, that's... And I was like... This is why people hate fucking state troopers. Like, my mom and pops hate state troopers because, like, they're the biggest pricks. See previously mentioned statement, if you got lost somewhere between here and there, one breath, asking for my license and registration after telling me what I did wrong, not asking me. He must have been doing his quota or some shit and wanted an easy target. So that morning, I'd been thoughtful enough to put my work ID lanyard around my rearview mirror so that it was hanging in the car. Like, I'm very forgetful, apparently, uh, and I need it swinging by my face to remember where it is. <laughs> so the state trooper walked back to his car and then returned, saw my lanyard hanging, and he goes, you work at Valley View? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, no problem, just make sure you stop. Like, <laughs> oh my God, dude. The guy jumped back away from my car like I like I was a drunk girl who was about to throw up on his shoes. Like he jumped back like someone must have complained from Valley View that they got stopped and was an essential employee. I'm an essential employee, even though I'm not a nurse. He don't need to know that, though. He looked legitimately frightened by the idea of me being in the car and him being caught in that situation. <laughs> like it was almost laughable how quickly he stepped away from my like he almost ran back to his squad car i'm not even kidding i'm like dude fucking relax like slow bop it back to the car <laughs> like you don't need to run from me i'm not gonna chase you <laughs> but in any case i thought it was so funny i'm like i had my mask on so it's also not like it was a covid thing where he was trying to keep back from me because i didn't have a mask but he was he was being so weird he was so weird about it I really do wonder if someone complained and that's why he jumped back like that. Cause that was quite a reaction, but like, dude, fucking bedside manner, bro. You're supposed to ask first and then tell them what they did wrong. Cause everybody will tell you that when a cop pulls you over and they're like, Hey, do you know why I pulled you over? Your immediate response is to go, no officer. I don't know why. That's exactly the answer you are told to give as a child by your parents when you get pulled over. Never admit to what you're doing. Because there's one situation that, I, that I've, that i you know, I heard about in a documentary that fucking the person said uh, that their friend got pulled over. I think it was in a podcast, but the girl said that her friend got pulled over and was like, um... No, but I had my cell phone in my in my lap. And he goes, oh, good to know, but that's not why. Like, <laughs> Don't admit to shit like that. <laughs> um, so the next the next documentary I think I'm going to watch is I'll Be Gone in the Dark. In the Dark, if I could speak English. Uh, again, another thing covered by my True Crime Obsessed podcast. And they covered it. It's, uh, it's a documentary they made over the East Area Rapist slash Golden State Killer, which they just recently found who it was. Uh, Patton Oswalt's deceased wife, Michelle McNamara, was obsessed with the contents of the murder slash rapes and consumed by figuring out who the killer actually was. So this this started out as like her writing a book because she is a writer. She's an author. 
she started writing this book out of the innocence of her heart and it turned into something dark darker than it than what it actually is and i'm really interested in watching this and if you have hbo you should check it out the book is also called i'll be gone in the dark so the documentary covers the investigation the writing and the personal story of michelle mcnamara um, in her in her discovery in her writing and everything that happens to her working on this book so like i said it's on hbo it's i think it's six episodes and i was listening to true crime obsessed and they cover all six episodes which got this which is why i watch these things because i i really am not one of those that dives into something without knowing what i'm getting into everybody will tell you that like I'm I'm getting up in the age where I don't really feel like taking risks anymore (laughs) so uh so you know she got consumed by figuring out who the killer actually was and it led to her having months and months of substance abuse like Xanax Percocet uh etc so she was getting prescribed medication to try and calm her anxiety help her sleep because i think she was taking ambien too and you know she like i said she was so consumed by it she would isolate herself and people wanted to make sure she was okay and she wasn't answering texts and you know she was traveling here and there because deadlines were coming up and she didn't have the pages or things like that like things that'll stress out a content creator and um you know, Patton Oswalt was a super supportive husband and he was trying to help her figure everything out. And he was trying to help her get through the writing process because he himself is a content creator. He's a comedian and uh, he he knows what it's like to be under that type of pressure because I think he also wrote a book. I'm not sure, but he, he has to write most of his material. So he knows what the what the pressure is like of having to complete works like this under deadlines, under times, and traveling and doing tour dates and everything. So he knows the kind of pressure she's under. So it, so the months and months of substance abuse trying to figure this out um, ultimately led to her death in 2016 because, unfortunately, she had a pre-existing heart condition that she did not know about. And, you know, she died, you know, short of finishing her book. She didn't finish it. Uh, Patton Oswalt took over completing the book, accompanied by an investigative journalist, and they figured out who was behind all the cases 40 years later. Like, how amazing is that? That one person's one person's uh, journey to find out who this killer is, ultimately, uh, you know, someone else picked up, someone cared enough about her to continue the work for her. So Patton Oswalt gets a serious kudos for that. Um I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to spoil any of it besides the fact that obviously if you read the papers last year, you know who it was. Uh, You heard about the court case. You heard about everything. But the guy's fucking old as shit. (laughs) And he was actually a police officer. He was law enforcement, which is really fucking disgusting. Like, could you imagine that this is this is life? This is what we're dealing with. (laughs) Anyway, it's not funny. It's just it's it's funny because it's sad. Like, (laughs) Like, he he was among mad community members. Like, he was among people that he lived near. Like, his neighbors and shit were, like, <gasps> like watching him get rolled out or walked out or whatever the case. So the guy was arrested in 2019. And I'm hoping that Michelle's spirit can rest in peace knowing that all her work was not in vain. Like, that she didn't die and her legacy was not continued, you know. Like, she, she died and someone carried on the works because they knew. She ultimately gave her life for this and was rewarded in heaven, which really says something about the efforts because Patton could have easily passed it on to anybody he wanted to and not completed it. Like he could have outsourced it. Like he could have been like, well, I don't want anything to do with this. But he saw what she went through and he saw her struggle with it. And he was like, no, we got to get this shit done for Michelle. And uh, appreciate that highly. People who take interest in other people's stuff like that and just want to continue to carry the torch for them and... You know, so uh, happy for him, but uh, happy for both of them, actually. What the hosts of this podcast drive home about this is that content creators or creative individuals need the support and backing of those closest to them. And that is what Michelle had. But she also hid stuff in, in the meantime. Like, she, they had reservations for her birthday to go someplace nice, like go out to a restaurant. And you see texts 
and Pat and texts her and he's like, or I could cancel it and we can just do Chinese, like stay in because, you know, he knows what she's going through. She's going through it and he can tell. And ultimately she says, yeah, let's do that instead. So that's what ends up happening. Um, but she like locked herself in the office and, you know, away from her daughter and, you know, she just wanted to get it done. She wanted to get it over and done with. Uh, what I want to say to this effect, to that effect about content creators and creatives, uh, what I want to say is that I appreciate and I love all of you guys out there who listen to me for the hour and are giving me notes and letting me know what you like and what you don't like and following me on social media and helping me grow this thing and the numbers are stacking up and it's a beautiful thing to be part of something but also knowing that I've made someone's day a little bit better just by being myself and I really appreciate the the, the I feel personally connected to each and every one of you in a way because you're making me part of your day and that's fantastic and anyone who supports this podcast is phenomenal and amazing and like I said you know I'm gonna try I'm still working things out I'm still trying to get this website off the ground hopefully in 2020 (laughs) but it is gonna happen uh, because I want to share all the media and the links with you and stuff and there's only so much you can get off my social media and I would love to have a website present that just shows everything I've watched. If you want to take an interest in it, if you don't want to take an interest in it, the images and everything. And I just want to put it out there because there's so much context that you guys really can't get from me. And I apologize for it, but, but that's also why I want the website to back it up. So, um, yeah. So I, like I said, I'm like, I really appreciate and am in love with all of you guys. <laughs> I'm in love with my Coco community. And maybe I'll think about getting some merch or figuring out what merch will be like if you guys want to represent it. Uh, But like I said before, I appreciate everybody who's been around or anybody who's helped my mental status by just talking me through and talking me off the ledge. Not that I'm going to jump, but like when I feel at my craziest, there's always someone there for me and appreciate and love it. Uh, You guys are the best. And, you know, I can't wait to, uh, you know, put out more content for you. Like I really... I can't believe we're on episode 39. Like, I'm not trying to shit on any of it. But, you know, this is the longest thing I've committed to in my life. And, uh, you know, after 31 years of being on this planet, I think I finally figured out what I enjoy doing, which is talking to people. And, you know, I never thought it would go that way because communications, I hated that class because I didn't like presenting. (laughs) I'm not a good public speaker. Really not. <laughs> but I'm really grateful for the fact that I get to talk to you and that you hear me and that you can tell in my voice that this is something I'm passionate about and something I look forward to doing every week. Sometimes my mind isn't there to do it. Sometimes I don't feel it in my spirit, but once I get going, I know you guys hear it because you're with me. You're with me every week. And sometimes you guys even go back to that first episode, which is, oh my God, embarrassing. And you can tell how nervous I was. But growth is spectacular. So uh, also, if you want to be, if you want to game with me, my uh, gamer tag is QueenBB30 or 20. (laughs) I don't remember anything, but I'll put it in the bio of the episode. Uh, And I appreciate you guys listening. And I love you all. And just... You know, just appreciate things that are currently happening. I know a lot of y'all are out there still under quarantine and stuff. And, you know, if you're with a loved one, just appreciate being with them. Because what happened with Michelle McNamara was intense. And I would never hope that on my worst enemy that they would become a widow at any age. And um, I really love and appreciate you guys. And I'm thankful that you're there. And If any of you guys out there need a shoulder to cry on, I'm here for sure. Uh, Like I said, I'm going to put my links in the bio of this episode and continually put them. And if you ever want to talk to me, let me know. Just be like, hey, I listened to the podcast or I heard about your podcast or whatever. Or, you know, just say I love your work or don't love your work and here's what you can do to change it. Like, just any advice. I don't care. We can have a good time. We can chat. Uh, I'd love to get to know some people that listen to this and see what they think. Um, but I, like I said, this, this couldn't go any better for me, to be honest with you. Like it's all up from here. Uh, I can't wait to see what this becomes (laughs) because it's still growing. It's always changing. It's always evolving and adapting. And 
trying new things. And again, I couldn't be more grateful to have better platform to speak on the things I want to speak on because this is all me and you guys. It's all me and you guys. And like I said, personal connections to each and every one of you for the hour during the week that you give me of your time. And I'm very grateful for you and uh, love and appreciate each one of you. I can't say it enough. And, uh, you know, I hope whenever you're listening to this, you're grabbing your snacks, your blankies, whatever, because we're getting into or your hot cocoa, (laughs) hot chocolate, I mean, obviously, and uh, having some cuckoo time with me. Love you guys. And can't wait to talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.